Welcome back to the Do you Like Apples podcast. We are here for part two of the most anticipated movies of 2024. For me, Billy Rock, and my co-host Drew Went, who will be joining me here shortly. Uh, last week, we went through, uh, started off with a list of 57 off air, and then before we started recording, recording, narrowed that down to the top 25 movies that Drew and I were most excited about. And from that 25, are creating a top 10 cumulative, definitive top 10 most anticipated movies of 2024. And last week we did the movies that have an attached release date. This week we're doing movies that don't have an official release date, but by all accounts are going to come out in 2024. Some huge movies that we're talking about on those undated released movies of 2024. So stick around for those. And then at the end of that, Drew and I will pick our last three or four that are in the maybe category that need to round up the last two or three spots. So this is a such a fun episode. Even if the year doesn't end up being as awesome as our minds are making it out to be, it's so fun to bring that positive spin to the new year and get us excited for some big and small movies that are coming out. So join us for the next hour or so and welcome to the Do Like Apples podcast. Earlier this week, we had the Critics' Choice Awards. Um, The biggest snub of the ceremony was that me and you did not get a vote. Um, I I really thought that they were going to call us last second with the strike and everything. Maybe a lot lot more people could weigh in like they used to. But hey, they, they made it work without us. But this one had a, a few surprises. Um, the the lead actor and actress categories being the most kind of up in the air at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti beat Killian Murphy. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. And that, I mean, that surprised me. I thought Killian Murphy was close to a lock at this point. And uh, in the Golden Globes, they were separated into different categories. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of thought the comedy award that Paul Giamatti got was uh, didn't hold much weight, but maybe held a little bit more weight than I realized. But were you surprised by this, Drew? Not not super surprised. Okay. I, I think I am kind of feeling like The Holdovers is, is a very heavy contender for many awards at the Oscars. So, you know, from from best screenplay to best picture, you know, I think, and, and then two of the acting awards too. So I, I think holdovers will be very very strong um so but yeah i'm i'm again i we talked about it last week but i'm still excited about this giamatti versus killian murphy showdown that we might be having so mm-hmm. um yeah two similar actors in the uh in the way that they're just completely beloved i feel like they're small enough actors that they haven't really ever been in the limelight like this before and people are ready to give them their their flowers you know, exactly for, for but it just sucks that i don't know just for their this uh the stature of their presence in Hollywood. This might be their only chances really. So I know yeah. um, I, that it's going to be pretty devastating when we see one of them lose. So, uh, but like you said, I, I love both of these guys. And even though they give very different performances, um, both completely deserve it. This isn't one of those scenarios that uh, you're, you're, you're seeing the writing on the wall a little bit of an actor yeah. that you maybe don't like as much or a performance. You don't like as much. They're both very, very great, obviously. 
Um, but the next kind of surprise, maybe, um, even though uh, they both have a lot of steam going into the Oscars, now, Emma Stone for Best Lead Actress beat Lily Gladstone. So, um, yeah, one, Emma Stone being a very, very comedic performance, kind of surprising that she took over the more dramatic performance with Lily Gladstone. And uh, I think the Critics' Choice Awards and Golden Globe Awards kind of probably submit their ballots around a similar time. Um, so Lily Gladstone's very powerful speech maybe didn't grab hold like it uh, would have for future award shows like the Oscars, um, which we're getting the nominations for those in about a week. Um, so we'll see if things play out a little bit differently in the next few weeks as we get closer to the Oscars. But I wouldn't say this one's a surprise, but the dramatic performance normally gets the edge over comedic performance and not the case here. So um, I don't no. think you've seen poor things yet. I've seen both. No. And but this from is what I can tell very different performances. very different performances. Oh. <laughs> yes. And, uh, but in the same boat, even though Emma Stone has her previous Oscar with Lalo and I just love both of these performances so much. So it's not really um, an upset, I would say, or even though I love Lily Gladstone and Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, this wouldn't be a, a, a devastating loss for me on Oscar night, but uh, I'm interested to see the tides as it gets a little bit closer. I still think that by, I mean, th this, these are the critics. Um, so, you know, I think it's, we still haven't, nobody from the Academy has really voted, voted right. yet on mm -hmm. any of these award shows. So once the SAG awards happen, right. the, um, we, I think that winner will, of these two, I mean, I'm assuming it'll be one of these two will win. Right. You never know. Um, but I, I think that's going to be your front runner going into the Oscars after we, I think the SAGs are in like a month. Yeah, maybe a little over a month. So mm -hmm. um, that'll be your big your big tell for really for both best actor and best actress. Right. And from what I understand about the Oscars voting body, it's uh, critics aren't in the conversation for that. I don't think there's a certain level of critic that has a vote for the Oscars. I could be wrong about that, but it's generally industry people that they're expanding uh, more and more every year to uh, actors used to be a lot heavier of a presence i feel like and that's becoming a little bit less i think they're allowing people mm -hmm. from a lot of different corners to vote and it's created a little bit more chaos for what we're expecting so yeah i, I think lily gladstone's going to pull ahead a little bit here but we'll see um at both amazing performances and like a lot of categories this year just super top heavy and uh deserving uh performances and people all the way around but the biggest upset of the night might have been American fiction beating Oppenheimer for best of adapted screenplay. Um, yeah, this one's just really shocking to one very small movie against one massive movie. Um, and Oppenheimer really swept most of the other awards, uh, at least in the, uh, the Christopher Nolan, uh, directing, writing, all those other type of things, uh, won a lot of different awards, but here, which again, Maybe I thought it would have been a lock, but American Fiction kind of came out on top. And beat, I think, beat, oh no, The Holdovers is in a different category too. But yeah, beat Oppenheimer, which I'm really surprised at, about. This This shakes things up a little bit if, again, if it begins to shake out this way as we get closer to the Oscars. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that category. I think, mm -hmm. well, the next category, Best Original Screenplay, the winner of that one is going to be competing in best adapted at the Oscars. So you're going to have ah, kind of a stacked right. lineup mm -hmm. in best adapted at, at the Oscars. So, I mean, it's going to be kind of a bloodbath in best adapted screenplay for real uh, in March. Yeah. I forgot that Barbie 
which beat the holdovers and past lies for best original screenplay. I forgot that was an adapted, assuming it gets nominated. I know it's on the short list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just American fiction and Barbie don't really feel like that big of Oscar players on paper, especially Barbie. But um, here, it, it clearly is creating chaos for that category, which is normally a signifier of how the night's going to play out. So if we get an upset early before director, right. actor, or best picture, we might see some signs of uh, the tides changing a little bit. Um, but the hold or Barbie B, the holdovers and past lives and best original screenplay. And even though the category is going to be set up a little bit differently, I thought the holdovers was probably a lock for any original screenplay category mm. this year. Just Alexander Payne, even though he didn't write the movie is beloved and his movies yeah. always are in the conversation. Um, and the holdovers has a really great script. Um, past lives. I don't think has much of a chance, but um, obviously a lot of love going there. And then even though this is a film podcast, the last thing I wanted to say about the Critics' Choice Awards and every award show that uh, talks about TV, which obviously the Oscars will not, uh, please just put the bear and succession up against each other in some category. I even looked up the Emmy nominees. They're, just, they're both split up into comedy and drama, the bear being in the comedy category, typically in succession being in the drama category. Uh, one, the bear, I would say, is in a lot of ways more typically dramatic than succession is um, succession goes for the last a little bit more, yeah. even though the drama at the height of these episodes, I think succession hits those heights a little bit more, but I, we can't settle this debate of what is better this year. I think on your top TV uh, list, you had the bear number one and I had succession number one Yeah, in terms of the, uh, their most recent seasons. So uh, we just need to settle this debate. And I, it doesn't seem like any of the award shows are going to allow us to do that. Um, and again, this is a movie podcast, so we won't spend all that much time talking about TV shows. But yeah, I, I just, love this take. I just want to know. Great take. Let, yeah. Let's. These are the two best shows of the year. So mm -hmm. let's see which ones which ones better according to voters. Let's, exactly. Let's do it. Yeah. There's a lot more TV shows than movies. Probably. I don't know if that's actually the case. Um, but yeah, but you don't see besides the Golden Globes for movies, you don't really see comedy and drama be split up this much. So given the respect they deserve, they're both fantastic. And let's 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 pit them up against each other. And if they're not going to do it, we might have to find a place to do it on our podcast at some point. I'm for it. Um, but yeah, guys, that is the Critics' Choice Awards. As we get in deeper into awards season, we'll uh, pretty often give our updates for uh, award shows that are as big as the Critics' Choice. Uh, Drew mentioned the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Uh, Producers Guild has their own thing. Independent Spirit Awards kind of shows the smaller stuff uh, that might be able to sneak in as an upset. Um, and this week in our little mini reviews, I'm going to be talking about one that is definitely a player in a lot of categories this year. But Drew, before you get into, or I, before I get into my quick review, go into your quick review of a movie you saw this week. Yeah, so I saw, this will be our first 2024 review of the year, mm -hmm. actually, because this movie came out straight to Hulu, straight to streaming um, uh, just a week ago, early January. And uh, I feel like I'm, since I have a newborn and a toddler, I'm kind of becoming more of the, the streaming uh, <laughs> uh, correspondent for uh, movies, but that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. I just can't get to the theaters as much as I want to. But um, this is uh, the new movie from, uh, this is for all the, the Nick Miller heads out there. This is, uh, this is Jake Johnson's uh, from New Girl, uh, his directorial debut. He's written some movies before and starred in some Joe Swanberg movies before, but um, this is kind of a very small, like, 
it's like a comedy thriller. I would say first and foremost, a comedy, but it's got some thriller aspects. Um, the story is basically, uh, Jake Johnson plays the lead. He's, he's a kind of a, kind of a down and out guy who's invited to take part in this, uh, this like reality game for the dark web, uh, who you win a million dollars by taking part in this game. And for 30 days, you have to outwit and escape, uh, these people who are trying to kill you basically from around the world. The, the loophole is they can't kill you if you're with someone else. So you have to be with someone else for 30 days to, to win a million dollars. Otherwise they'll probably find you and kill you. So kind of a wild premise. Um, and I really had a good time with this movie. It's, it's definitely not gonna be, you know, one of your favorite movies of the year or anything, but it's, it's a great time. And if, if you're kind of on the, if you're a Jake Johnson fan, I, I think you definitely should watch it. Cause it's, it's kind of his sensibility. Um, uh, but, but kind of in a funny, you know, weirder way too, because it's, uh, it's produced by the Lonely Island, Andy Samberg and, and his crew. So uh, it's got a little bit of that zaniness. Um, it probably could have been, I mean, it, it's intermittently very funny, but it probably could have been a little funnier or darker uh, or, or even both at the same time. But mm-hmm. it's still a good time. Jake Johnson, Anna Kendrick are always, always wonderful together. So that's kind of where I landed on it. A, a decent movie, but a very, very quick one. It's less than an hour and a half. So low on the time, time commitment there. Yeah, Jake Johnson's one of my guys uh, ever since I started watching New Girl, which is on constant rotation in my house. Um, huge comfort show. And I think he's a pretty brilliant performer at times um, and has shown sides of being a really good writer. I think he wrote his collaboration with Swanberg for the movie One It All, um, yeah. which is a really Great. underrated movie, yeah. especially for Swanberg, who I like a lot of his movies, but uh, a Netflix release, if I remember right, that got kind of slept on. And Jake Johnson gives a really, really good performance in that uh, goes dramatic in ways that you don't normally see him go. And this one seems a lot sillier as you confirm Drew. And, but I'm going to be uh, watching one of my guys anytime he comes out with anything, whether he's starring in a movie or writing it or directing it like this, but it doesn't always come with great success. Uh, I remember when I first started watching new girl, he came out with this movie, let's be cops. And I think he just starred in it. And oh, yeah. man, that movie's that. bad. That movie yeah. is rough. And uh, one, it's a movie about uh, people uh, fake being cops, uh, which is a, just a premise you're probably not going to see uh, much more in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, silly Cops is not a lane that Hollywood has touched for a while. Um, but also, it just was a huge disappointment because he was also starring with Damon Wayne Jr., his, uh, who yeah. played coach in New Girl. So a lot of hype for me, and it just didn't fully land. Um, so I'm hoping this lands uh, a little bit closer to positive for me, but I, I'm glad you gave it a, a positive review. I, a light watch like this on Hulu is always welcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Um, a movie that I saw this week is uh, American fiction. I saw it. It is frigid temperatures in St. Louis, Missouri this week. So I took myself to the movies on Saturday day and sat down for American fiction for a pretty packed theater is, I mean, the theater I was in only held probably, 30 or so people, but I would say about 75% full. The audience had a really great time and I really like this, uh, but kind of for reasons I didn't expect. Um, it's much more of a family dramedy than I realized from the, from the trailer. I expected a little bit more zany, uh, out there comedy from this movie. And when it went into those areas, which is, uh, the movie is with starring Jeffrey Wright. He's a acclaimed author, but with not much commercial success. He's starting to see the template of what America, specifically white America from 
black authors are looking for. And he caters his most or his next book to uh, kind of fit a lot of those stereotypes you get from seemingly commercially and acclaimed novels, black novels. And uh, he does it under a uh, fake name. So no one knows that it's him. And a lot of zaniness and really funny moments come from that. But the family dramedy aspect, I was found really unexpected and the most outstanding part of the movie. So this movie had a lot of ups and downs for me, um, which for a movie and the Oscar conversation, I didn't fully expect. Um, but yeah, the performances here are just completely outstanding. Uh, the director and writer, Cord Jefferson, who had not written or directed a mainstream movie like this before, definitely shows a lot of promise. And I'm definitely going to be watching his career closely. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey Wright and Sterling K. Brown. And I wish I would have wrote down the actress's name, but there's an actor that plays kind of the the house uh, nanny or whatever you'd call it, or maybe started off as a nanny and just a helper on the house for this affluent family uh, somewhere on the coast, I think the East Coast. And uh, she is magnificent. She has a really sweet arc and one of the sweeter characters you can see in a movie and got me uh, smiling as big as I did in a movie this year and a little bit of happy tears at some point with her character as well. So. Uh, the movie is really good, not fully for me all the way through, um, but I definitely recommend it. And if it comes away with a, a, a original or a adapted screenplay Oscar, I, w I definitely wouldn't be sad about it. it. It has a lot of promise for the career of Cord Jefferson. So, um, Drew, you haven't seen American Fiction, have you? No, I, I, okay. I definitely want to. It seems like it'll be a Best Picture nominee, mm -hmm. um, but love Jeffrey Wright, love Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. Um, it seems like this, this movie is kind of a crowd pleaser. It so, is. um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely in interested. And yeah, St. Louis boy, Sterling K Brown. It, he hasn't really been in the supporting yes, actor conversations, but, uh, Brian Tyree Henry kind of came out of nowhere last year and maybe Sterling K Brown can do the same in a best supporting actor. Yeah. He got a so. SAG nominee, uh, yeah, SAG so, nomination. So maybe, maybe he'll be there. I really hope so. That'd be really fun to see him in the conversation. So. Um, but guys, that's going to be the format for a while, I feel like. Drew and I are catching up as much as we can on uh, 2023 releases, just trying to anticipate all of the movies that might be nominated, and then also continuing with 2024 new releases as we get to those. But Drew, I like your uh, kind of calling out that you might be the at-home correspondent, and I'll be the in-theater <laughs> correspondent. That'd be, yeah. that'd be a good little uh, lane for us, I feel like, and uh, going into us trying to just the circumstance of our lives now, just maybe seeing movies apart from each other a little bit more will create a little bit more honesty with how we think about movies. And again, we're, we're our, covering all our bases exactly at home, and, at home and in the theaters. And also did, did I say the name of the movie that I reviewed? I, I feel like I blanked and like, didn't even say the title. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Self-reliance. Self-reliance is the name of the movie. It's on Hulu. Go watch it. There we go. Yeah. That's, that's pretty important when we're talking about new movies. It's... Terrible podcast <laughs> on, on my part. <laughs> Uh, let's hope we don't do it, even though we kind of did in our last episode. Uh, let's go over the current stats yeah. of where we are at with our uh, cumulative best of 2024, or not best of 2024, most anticipated of 2024. So far, we have six maybes, which at the end of this episode, we will uh, maybe talk about a few more of those to get the final few in. We have six outs and five ins. So we will go over that full list a little bit later. And uh, let's just get straight into it. And like last week, Drew, let's uh, switch off introducing these. I'll start off. We have uh, okay. Mickey 17, the next Bong Joon-ho movie. 
And uh, this one was originally slated for March 27th of this year, um, but has been taken off the release schedule uh, from what I've read indefinitely. That sounds a lot more ominous than uh, what it means, I think. I think it's going to be more of an Oscar player, uh, maybe a little bit of a late season or summer season movie because it, it, it seems like it's going to be pretty large. Uh, the movie is about an expendable uh Disposable employee that's, I think, nicknamed Mickey 17 on a human exposition sent to colonize the ice world of Nilf, Nilfhelm, Nilfheim. Great name. After one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with most of its memories intact. And it is starring Robert Pattinson as, I believe, Mickey 17, Stephen Young, Tony Collette, and Mark Ruffalo. Just stacked cast. Good on Bong for uh, bringing all that amazing talent into this movie. But yeah, this this is an automatic end, right, man? Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, we we first. I feel like we first saw like a promo for this, like a, almost like a year ago. So yep. it was like, oh, we're getting this pretty soon. But now it's like, since they took it off the schedule, it's like, okay, so we might not see this till the end of the year at, at best at this point. Right. Um, so I, I'm just, I really hope we get to see this movie this year because everyone's been craving a new a new Bong Joon Ho joint since parasite so uh could not be more excited for for this one this is near the top of my most my personal most anticipated so yeah it's it's a easy in yeah that's would have been close for number one for me as well but we're not ranking these at the end guys so we won't fully get into where our most anticipated is but yeah this is an auto green so now we're at six ends um in the next movie drew introduce it this is uh this is called Blitz. It's uh, Steve McQueen's new movie. Um, the uh, heralded director of Twelve Years a Slave, Widows, um, uh, and he's coming back with a movie with Saoirse Ronan. Um, mm-hmm. This seems to be a story about uh, kind of following um, Londoners during the uh, Blitz of London during the uh, during World War Two. Um, so this you know really interesting kind of historical drama piece for for McQueen um I have no doubt that Saoirse Ronan's you know kind of a perfect character for Mm -hmm. that uh even though I think she's Irish um (laughs) uh, Harris Dickinson's in this he seems to be like he's in everything these days Mm -hmm. uh he was in the Iron Claw he's in this uh show I just watched called Murder at the End of the World he's getting cast everywhere um young young up-and-coming actor Mm -hmm. he was in uh Triangle of Sadness too which didn't really like that one, but <laughs> I'll, I'll move past that one. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, Blitz. Uh, it's an Apple Apple movie, Apple TV movie. So you will probably see this in theaters, I would guess, for a month or two, and then probably on Apple TV Plus streaming there. It, hopefully an awards contender. Steve McQueen has typically been an awards contender, except for Widows, which frankly should have been in the for conversation sure. that mm-hmm. year, but it wasn't. Um, so I, I really hope I haven't heard anything about, about when this is coming, but I'm hoping it's a, a nice fall awards season release this year. Yeah. How, think, how are you feeling? Because I'm, I'm, I think this was probably in, if it's just up to me, but I want to get your gauge, your interest. Yeah. Let's put this as a maybe for now. Cause it's close. Uh, Steve McQueen is yeah. One of our most accomplished directors working right now, but still completely slept on in a lot of people's eyes. I feel like. Um, the pandemic was saved uh, streaming wise because of the small act series. Um, a lot of those are near perfect uh, movies and just so fun that he was able to uh, somehow get funding to make five movies just back to back to back to back to back. And uh, I think people vary from what is their favorite and what's their least favorite in that. But all of them, I think, are positive in people's minds. And 
yeah, just I'm excited to see if he can get back into that Oscar conversation. And this no doubt is going to be uh, emotional. And he has a, I forget the name of it. He has like a four hour documentary about World War II out right now. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's Amsterdam. playing Amsterdam. Yeah. I think it's playing yeah. in some theaters. Um, and I don't know if it's out streaming or anywhere yet. So it's interesting that he's doing this companion piece seemingly with, uh, with his uh, documentary Amsterdam. So I definitely want to check that out. I don't know. I'm not a huge documentary guy all that often, but if he's going to stick his, uh, kind of put his hand in that ring, I'm going to uh, give it a shot at some point, I believe. So, uh, he's just, yeah, fascinating figure in Hollywood and always worthy of having on a top 10 list. And I hope, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that one a little bit more here in a, in a bit. Our, uh, so that one is out of maybe. Uh, the next one on the list is Hitman, uh, directed by Richard Linklater, starring Glenn Powell, who uh, kind of got his breakout in Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Some, which you can go back and listen to our uh, kind of review slash walkthrough of that movie with our intro music creator, Ryan Jenkins, who created a soundboard for that episode which <laughs> threw me off completely which i knew he was doing it beforehand but i did i think now i would be able to go in and out of the sound bites sound bites a little bit better that was a super fun episode for what is a super fun movie and this one feels maybe in the middle of that um, the premise is a cop working undercover as the most in-demand hitman in houston breaks protocol in order to help a desperate woman escape her abusive boyfriend my dog in the background is excited for this movie Very as well excited. just as excited as we are yeah exactly he i've taught him well already and uh so yeah this one is in on my list but is it in on yours or is it kind of in that mcqueen blitz maybe for you no it's 100 percent one of my most anticipated this is kind of the perfect nexus do you like apple's nexus for us because glenn powell is your boy richard Linkletter's one of my top favorite filmmakers um so yeah the the only thing that i'm hang up about this movie is that I'm not going to be able to see it in the theater uh, unless Netflix ends up putting it in theaters. But um, yeah, so I wish it was going to play in a bunch of theaters and be a chance for us to go see it. Cause it's been getting incredible reviews. Yeah. People say it's a really entertaining crowd pleasing movie. So, but most people will probably see it at home. So, right. you know, that's how Nef- it goes. Netflix normally does a decent job of giving it a small run, at least for bigger cities that it, they even come to St. Louis. So I think we'll be uh, able to see this one in the theater, Drew. Hopefully, because uh, I definitely, I'm definitely going to prioritize it if it does come into theaters locally. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm glad this is an end. That makes us seven ends, uh, and we have how many more do we have to talk about? One, oh two, three, four, five. So we'll see. There's, I mean, there's a lot of potential ends Three's left on this list too. Yeah. So, um, all right, the next one is you. So yeah, okay. This is, uh, I like in the document here, you have, uh, it's from our daddy, Paul Schrader. <laughs> uh, the latest Schrader movie, uh, it's called Oh Canada. Um, this is uh, starring uh, Richard Gere, Jacob Elordi, Uma Thurman. Um, it seems like it's about a uh, a kind of Vietnam War draft uh, dodger who, mm-hmm. who fled to Canada um, back then. I, I don't know if it's based on a real story or if it's just a novel, but um, yeah, I, I mean... Paul Schrader is a fascinating direct, director to me. He's kind of had this end of career resurgence, which I've been all for his, mm-hmm. his last three unofficial trilogy, uh, first reform card counter and master gardener. I, I think uh, any, so any Schrader movie at this point I'm, I'm anticipating cause he's, he's kind of 
he's kind of back. He's fully back. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, maybe for me, I'm for, as far as our top 10, I I'm definitely open to including it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't, we don't know a ton about kind of what the story is going to look like other than that. It's a Schrader movie. So you kind of, you kind of know the type of tone and, and intensity you're going to get. Exactly. And yeah, this one's tough because yeah, this, this would be a great, do you like Apple's top 10 pick just because we are both in the bag for Paul Schrader generally. Um, And I'm excited that he's going back to uh, a little bit of the Vietnam context, Uh, taxi driver, uh, Rob De Niro, uh, Travis Bickle. He's a Vietnam vet in that movie Um, in the card counter, obviously not set during the Vietnam era, but kind of goes into that uh, industrial war complex of a, of a soldier kind of post his uh, uh, military career. And this one, obviously this person didn't have a military career, but goes back into the war aspect commentary that I think Paul Schrader is really adept at doing well. So it, that's fascinating for me and hits a lot of lanes for when it comes to, I wouldn't say this is going to be a war movie necessarily, but when movies talk about war, as I've stated many times on this podcast, I like a, a slant of skepticism attached to it. And this is seemingly going to fit that mold. And yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this one, but I'm going to put it in the maybe category as well. Um, it's I'm not sure which one's going to push it over the edge when we start negotiating uh, Jacob Elordi or Daddy Paul, but yeah. both of those aspects attached to it are really enticing. Um, but Speaking our next of one, actors who yeah. are everywhere now, Jacob Elordi is literally everywhere now. Yeah. He's, he's getting cast and everything. He's popping up in so many different you know, major projects. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's exciting that he, he wants to work with someone like Paul Schrader. Yeah. And he's, he's seemingly very uh, meticulous about what he chooses. Um, and uh, I'm glad he was able to convince Paul to allow him to be in the movie. An actor that I wouldn't typically attach to someone like Paul Schrader, but I'm definitely right. here for it. And in the poster, or at least one of the behind the scenes footage that's on Letterboxd, uh, Jacob Elordi is rocking a very uh, striking mustache. So if that's not a reason to go see it, I don't know what is. Um, but our next movie on the list is uh, Maxine. That's with a triple X, Maxine. <laughs> and uh, so you kind of get the idea of where this movie's landing. Um, six years, the premise is six years after the Texas Pornhouse ma- Massacre, Maxine is now LA-based and on a driven quest to become a star in the acting world. But things take a sinister turn when bodies once again begin to fall around her. So... Uh, this trilogy happened with uh, Ty West X and then unbeknownst to pretty much everybody, um, he was making Pearl at almost the exact same time and they connect. It's all the same character and that's all I'll get into it because the way they connect is really fascinating. Pearl, I I believe was my favorite of 2022 and I'm, I'm completely in the bag for Ty West now and Mia Goth and this movie uh, is definitely the most star studded of the trilogy uh, it's starring Mia Goth, Elizabeth Debicki, Kevin Bacon, and Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Kevin Bacon in this universe just seems perfect to me. So the fact that they're getting a little bit more uh, star-studded is really fascinating. And Kevin Bacon is already a pretty good porn name in and of itself. So it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it fits that he's in this universe. So I hope they don't change the name for um, this one. But this is an automatic end wow. for me for how much I've talked about the Pearl trilogy um, but I'm kind of guess it's not an automatic in for you. Um, it's, it's on the kind of the, the border for me. I, yeah. I, I did end up watching, um, 
it was number pearls number one on your list top mm-hmm. 10 last year and i ended up watching it and really liked it and mm-hmm. i i have a lot of uh admiration for these movies um, yeah. pearl i think is a little bit better than x but sure. um they're both really entertaining and, and watchable and it's such a fascinating project um yeah I, I this is would be a maybe for me but um I definitely, of course, want to see how this trilogy ends. And I, I think Ty West and Mia Goth is a heck of a combo. Um, but I know this is near the top of your list. So I mm-hmm. think when we come back around to our maybes, we'll we'll see where we are with it, uh, you know, kind of in comparison to the, to the other maybes. Yeah. And uh, we got another horror movie next on the list. So, Drew, yeah. tell us about it. This is called Weapons. It's uh, director Zach Kreger's new movie. He directed Barbarian a couple of years ago, one of the kind of the horror sensations of the last five years, probably. Um, we we both really had a lot to like about Barbarian. And this is kind of a, seems like it's like a leveling up, like a Jordan Peele kind of-esque like move where he's kind of making another big, a bigger horror movie than he made last time. This one is, mm-hmm. uh, it's apparently, it's an interrelated multi-story kind of horror epic uh, that revolves around the disappearance of high schoolers in a small town um, starring... Brian Tyree Henry, Pedro Pascal, and uh, you helpfully <laughs> put the pronunciation for her name in here, but Renate uh, Rinsva, who yeah. was in uh, The Worst Person in the World, which is a great movie, great movie. Um, which came out, I think, in 21 or 22. When when you um, saw, I think I saw the movie before you, and I, I didn't love it. I liked it a lot, but you just texted me, this movie is so much my movie. Just like it hit all the boxes, apparently, for what mm-hmm. you like about movies, and she's fantastic in the movie, so... Her oh, yeah. coming, coming over to America and uh, this is, yeah, like think, you said, a multi-story been... horror epic is uh, maybe they're jumping around to different cities across the world, but uh, I'm excited oh, I can to see, see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been cast in a lot of different Hollywood projects, so I think mm-hmm. she's kind of fully, fully kind in. of broken out, you know, after uh, The Worst Person in the World. Right. Um, yeah. The only, I, I'm really excited for this. The only thing that makes me want to not put it in is that I doesn't i'm not sure it's going to come out this year right. I, I don't even know if they've started filming it mm-hmm. uh from what i can tell um so that's my only kind of drawback otherwise i'd be i'd be open to considering it how how, how are you how do you feel about it i think i think i would be an out even if i knew for sure it was coming out this year but with that added element i don't i want to try to not get any movies that are not coming out this year on the list so let, let's label this one out even though i just I love the trio of the seemingly stars of the movie, uh, Pedro Pascal, Pascal, who's in everything, and Brian Tyree Henry, mm-hmm. who's always slept on, um, even though he has an Oscar nomination now. Um, but I love seeing him in movies, and that that trio I think is are fascinating as uh, as actors. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave it out though. And again, for anyone that hasn't seen Barbarian, one of the better twisty horror movies of the last uh, of yeah. of the century, kind of. So um, and when a director like that is creating what seemingly is a horror epic. Um, that scale can be adapted in a lot of different ways, but horror and epic movies are completely in my bag. So the optics are good. Our next one on the list is Megalopolis. That's kind of hard to say, but I mean, I don't want to leave. I don't want to create the top 10 right away here. We are at seven, but this is an end, right, man? Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Um, his first movie in, I, I, he's made a, a decent amount of smaller stuff over the last 10 or so years that I haven't seen, but this is one that is kind of self-announced by himself as uh, kind of going back to what he loves, a, a massive story that 
by all accounts, he's kind of funding himself. And you don't normally see that from directors of this acclaim. Um, he's had a crazy career in Hollywood. Um, the, one of the stretches earlier in his career is unmatched. I think it was like Godfather, the conversation apocalypse. Yeah. Now Godfather part two, like all in a row. And it's yeah. just absolutely wild that a person can make those uh, timeless classics all in a row. But this movie is described as uh, or the synopsis is an architect wants to rebuild New York city as a utopia following a devastating disaster. And it is starting starring Adam driver, Natalie Emmanuel, Lawrence Fishburne, Shia LaBeouf, Giancarlo Esposito. Again, he's in a lot of things this year, it seems, and Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. So initially, this is just looking at the cast list on Letterboxd. Um, I thought that Aubrey Plaza was in a starring role, but maybe I'm wrong about that. She was kind of fifth or sixth on the on the the, okay. the cast list. But um, Adam Driver, uh, please don't have an Italian accent, Adam, Adam Driver. Let's get past <laughs> that. Uh, but it seems like he's just going to be a, a normal New York guy. And uh, if... Uh, he's tapping into his girl's New York persona again in this type of movie. That would be all for it. Um, but I doubt Francis Ford Coppola is using Lena Dunham as inspiration for his stories. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this movie's going to be huge. Uh, it's kind of on that edge of if it's going to come out this year. It seems like, I know they have filmed it. I mm-hmm. think they finished yeah. filming it and Francis Ford Coppola is uh, finishing up the editing and all that good stuff. So um yeah this seems optimistic it's going to come out this year uh Mm -hmm. he i think he was quoted saying he expects to to maybe play a festival in a couple months which that would be close to can right can film festival time so yeah of course i mean any any fan of movies is going to be excited about a major new francis ford coppola Mm -hmm. um this is probably his most his highest profile release since uh, probably godfather 3 right which was like 34 years ago so Mm -hmm uh it's it's major um yeah so i i really hope we get it this year i think it's got to be in our top 10 just based on the cast based on the budget based on it's probably coppola's last big swing yeah um so can't wait our last nominated movie is um this is called polaris this is uh it's starring joaquin phoenix and rooney mara real life couple um and they are uh starring in this is from director lynn ramsey she made um you were never really here with with Joaquin and uh, a movie called We Need to Talk About Kevin with Tilda Swinton. Um, and yeah, so this is kind of a apparently it's a set in Alaska during the 1890s. An ice photographer meets the devil. So a he- hell of a premise there. Um, I Anything starring both Joaquin and Rooney Mara, two just absolutely fascinating actors, um, is going to be worth your time. Um very interesting story. I, I wish we know a little bit more about it, but it's probably going to be a you know weird, you know, horror adjacent drama. I'm assuming um, based on the log line, but um, it, it's probably out for me. But I would say, depending on, I mean, I could see a, a teaser trailer coming out and about this, and and I get way too excited about it. So, how, how do you feel about Polaris? Yeah, I think it's out. Um, just since we don't know all that much about it, but. If unless there's more cast list ready to be announced, it seems like they might be the only two actors in this movie and just adding a uh, kind of spiritual aspect to it is really fascinating. And Lynn Ramsey is one of our more visceral directors these days. Uh, she makes really harrowing and violent and uh, atmospheric kind of smaller thrillers. And I'm, I'm really excited to see Joaquin and Rudy Mara kind of, if you had to guess, I'm not going to look at the cast list or hover over it on Letterboxd to 
confirm, but who do you think is the devil and who do you think is the photographer? Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and guess Joaquin is, is, uh, the devil, the devil. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, I think that makes more sense. Although I actually, didn't they star in a, a Mary Magdalene movie where yeah. Joaquin played Jesus and she right. played Mary Magdalene? Yeah. And then he was, how many actors can play Jesus and the devil? You know? Exactly. Only Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I, I need to see if I can find, cause the director of that Mary Magdalene movie, might have talked about that movie the, one of his movies coming out but we can get back to that if that's a maybe or a no but um but yeah so fascinating that they're doing this with a very different director and yeah it's going to be small it seems but i have no doubt harrowing in a lot of different aspects so mm-hmm. that is the last movie on our list guys that we're talking about there are plenty that are coming out this year that we just left off the list um but let's go to we have eight ends i believe and uh the rest are maybes and outs so let me turn off this filter that i have select all and let's see here all right so our maybes are well hold on hit hit us with the hit us with with what's in first okay what's in first all right so the ends are anything that's green so we have dune part two mickey 17 furiosa a mad max saga the Bike Riders, hell yeah. Gladiator 2, Horizon Chapter 1 and 2, which is that Kevin Costner back-to-back releases, and we're counting that as one. Yeah. Uh, R- Richard Linklater's Hitman, and Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis. So that's a that's a solid list. We could just end the podcast there, probably, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'd be good. Um, but our maybes, and we'll kind of just go down the list slowly. I don't want to list them all off at the same time. So our first maybe is Drive Away Dolls by directed by Ethan Cohen of Cohen Brothers fame, his first directorial uh, solo directorial directorial job. Um I think now that we've sat on these, I think this one's out kind of looking yeah, at our future list. Uh, so yeah, let's with only let, two slots left. It, exactly. To, to we got to for that one. Yeah, we got to be harsh with these guys. So uh, that one is out. Uh, the next one I think is out as well. Love's, Love Lies Bleeding, Rose Glass directed, who directed St. Maud before this, starring Kristen Stewart, seemingly a road trip action thriller. Uh, it looks pretty gnarly, but um, I think everything involved in the other ones that are maybe, this one has to be out. Do you agree? I, I can see this being really good. Um, yeah. But as far as like what we're anticipating, the 10, most, 10 movies we're most anticipating, I feel like it, it's probably out of the top 10 there exactly so that's that's where i'm at um then now we're we're on to a serious conversation now drew uh we have luca guadagnino's challengers who i think i just been sleeping on it a little bit more because it got moved from last year um i'd seen the initial trailer but forgot the tone the trailer for this played before when i saw american fiction and my goodness i am fully in now so i don't know if that's cheating to see a trailer in between the recording of the podcast but I'm fully supplanted as an end for this one currently, but I'm interested in your conversation on it. So yeah, I with with two slots left, I'm looking over our, the rest of our maybes. I I think I'd I think I'd go with you with with an in. Okay. Um, I know that only leaves one slot left right. for like six movies, but I I agree. I I think it's it's one we were hugely anticipating last year. We didn't get it last year. I I'm I'm okay with it with it in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh. Even though just just for the flow of the podcast, let's leave it at maybe until we get to the other maybes, okay. uh, and then if there's three left, we can kind of 
uh, create a, a conversation that way. So the next one is a quiet place day one. This one's off my list, but we, uh, so I, I'm pretty comfortable calling this one out, but, uh, even though I like the other two movies quite a bit, uh, and it's, uh, directed by Michael Sarnowski, who directed, uh, Nicolas Cage in pig, which is just a really interesting smaller movie. Uh, so definitely a lot I'll of promise, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think once we get a little more idea about what, where the story's going or kind of what shape the movie's going to take right now, it's just, we haven't even seen anything about this movie. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued, but as far as like top 10, most anticipated, I don't think it, it can make it. I agree. So now we are on to wolves, which this one, yeah, this one's tough because I think everything besides the two stars, which is, it is starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Um, and by uh, the only description is that it's two lone wolf fixers that uh, kind of are brought together uh, in a interesting way. So it's not clear if they're uh, just good old criminals. Are they assassins? We're not quite, quite sure. And it's directed by John Watts, who did all the Spider-Man movies and a small movie before that called Cop Car. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, again, the two stars are two of my favorite actors working right now. And I think that might be able to push it over the edge, but I, this might be on the maybe list. And so we go to the lower ones, but I'd be, I'd be definitely interested in a conversation about it. Yeah. I think this one is another one that I'm kind of, it's kind of a wait and see, like, I'm definitely excited by the idea of it, but I think we uh-huh. need to see a little bit more about what, what the story is, what, you know, maybe a teaser trailer before I get super, super excited about it. So yeah, I out. agree. It's out. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. All right. Now we're on to a real player for, I think, a lot of different things this year. Maybe a awards buzz, a huge horror epic that might be able to put uh, Robert Eggers into that maybe Denis Villeneuve type of conversation. But we have Nosferatu, uh, uh, a new take on the classic character uh, starring, I believe, Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård, Willem Dafoe, Lily Rose Depp, and Nicholas Holt. So, yeah, this one is fascinating. It's huge. Me and you both really like Robert Eggers. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely on the lower end of my list, as all of these maybes are. But I'm not quite sure if it's in for me. What, what are you thinking? Uh, it, it's right on the edge. I, I think with only two slots left, I think we're holding challengers as a, as a possibility. I think there's at least one or two more here that we're going to want to talk about seriously. So I think honestly, it's probably out. Um, But yeah, I I feel bad because I am definitely, definitely into whatever vision of uh, Nosferatu Eggers has, but yeah, unfortunately I think it's, it's going to be out. Yeah. Let's put it out for now. We are still at eight ends. Um, and now we're on to Blitz, Steve McQueen's movie that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, I think this one's in the out for me. Are you, do you want to keep it on to discuss and debate? So or I would like to debate this one. This is okay. one I I kind of want to fight for, but okay. let's talk about the last two before we before we start fighting. Okay, so this one, the next one is O Canada, Paul Schrader's movie with Jacob Elordi and Richard Gere and a bunch of other awesome people. Um, yeah, this one is tough. Um, I think I'm leaning towards out, but I think could have a really interesting conversation about it being in. 
for what we have yeah. left available. I, so. I do agree with what you said earlier. It's kind of a DYLA, be a classic, like yeah. random DYLA, uh, very hyped movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think based on the other maybes we have left, I, I don't think it's going to stack up. Okay. Uh, based on anticipation alone. Cool. Um, but I'm, so are you, are you good with, are you good with knocking it out? I'm cool with that. Please, Paul, do not okay. call us out on your Facebook page. Yeah. We, we definitely can't handle the hate from you. Cause like you, like yeah. we said, you are, you are our father. So we might, we might uh, hear from him on, on his Facebook page. <laughs> He's definitely listening. Um, <laughs> the, the last two or the, the last one, my eyes pl- played uh, tricks on me there, but our last one that is a maybe is uh, Maxine with, again, with the triple X. So, um, yeah, let's leave that one as a maybe. And uh, I think we have three for two spots, right? Yeah, three for two spots. So we have Challengers, Blitz, and Maxine. All right, so let's start with Challengers. Uh, or let's let's do this. How would you rank the last three? Just okay. off the top of your head. I would probably go Blitz challengers maxine okay how about you i would go challengers maxine and blitz so gosh yeah so we're not making it easy on ourselves no Um, no we're not all right so so you you would go challengers over maxine that that's a little surprising to me actually yeah i just again i saw the trailer on the big screen before i saw american fiction which really just got me more hyped than i thought i would ever be for this movie so it's definitely recency bias but Luca Guadagnino, when he's in the right type of genre, and especially kind of delving into a sports genre in a, a lot of different ways, seems fascinating. And uh, I wouldn't say he's necessarily like a stylistic director. He he has great eye behind the camera, as all his movies look amazing. But this one seems to be a really poppy and pulling out a lot of different camera tricks that you don't normally see. And in a sports movie, you kind of need that. And then you just have three of our most... Uh, hot young actors right now both I'm talking about the trajectory of their careers people calm down but we have Zendaya Mike Feist and Josh O'Connor Zendaya and Mike Feist they're all are are all hot very very attractive people (laughs) so um so yeah I'm I'm fully in on this one Uh, and you had it second so I think this one has to be in I feel like we I guess we could go one of two ways we could Mm -hmm. do challengers is the one we're more like unified on right and i feel like blitz is more of my choice and maxine is more of your choice so do we do challengers because we're more unified or do we do blitz and maxine because that's one of yours and one of mine let's oh that's interesting case what how do you how do you feel because but then we'd have to leave challengers off which i know you you just talked about how how psyched you are yeah i i say we do uh since we're more aligned on challengers let's make that an n okay I clicked out by accident. Whoops. Uh, let's make that an N. And uh, okay, so down to Blitz and Maxine, the weirdest heavyweight fight <laughs> that we've ever seen. Um, could no not one's ever talk about these two movies together. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, I really hope they kind of land on the same weekend when they get their release yeah, dates, because that'd, that'd be, be awesome. so sick if we can continue this uh, <laughs> competition between these two weird movies. Um, yeah, Maxine being my second, it, it's quite a big gap for me with my uh, between Blitz and Maxine, just in terms of what I'm excited about and what I look for when I'm anticipating mm-hmm. movies in the year. Um, what's your gap between Blitz and Maxine? 
So Blitz is your number one. Um, so it's obviously yeah. Blitz was my fa- Blitz was of those three was my most anticipated. But yeah, I don't know. I I definitely think I'm gonna like. Well, I don't know. I I, I was gonna say I'm gonna like Blitz more, but if if you know Ty West and and Mia Goff could totally land the the final of the trilogy, and it be it might right. be the best of the three. I don't know. And I and I said I like the first two. So. Um, I think we know a little bit more about Maxine based on, yeah. you know, it's a, it's the next, it's the final installment of a trilogy blitz. We kind of just know the, who's in it, the director and the, and the story. So we're a little bit fuzzier on that. Um, and I, it also seems like we're, we're definitely getting Maxine this year versus blitz is a little uh, bit of a yeah. question mark if it's coming out this year. So I think I just talked myself into being okay with Maxine. Okay. Um, However, I will reserve the right to tell you you were wrong. It ends up being amazing. Um, okay. At, at, later this year. And I am comfortable with that. I will take the immediate uh, satisfaction over the <laughs> delayed satisfaction. So let's put Blitz as out and Maxine as in. And that is our top 10 most anticipated movies of the year, guys. Yeah. So let's go through those one last time before we sign off. So, uh, and. The way we're listing these off, these are in order of release date, typically, um, besides Mickey 17 here. So uh, we have Dune Part 2. Um, and then at, when I'm done with the list, Drew, let's uh, t- uh, call out our number one on the list, and we can go from there okay. and finish the pod. But Dune Part 2 coming out March 1st, 2024. Mickey 17, Undated, Bong Juno, Challengers, Luca Guadagnino, coming out uh, April 26, 2024. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, May 24th, directed by George Miller. The Bike Riders, directed by Jeff Nichols, coming out June 21st. And then we have Gladiator 2, directed by Ridley Scott, coming out November 22nd, 2024. So we are not hyped about that summer movie season all that much. There's a pretty big gap from that one. So um, then we have Horizon, chapters one and two, uh, coming out the first coming out June 28th, 2024. The next part two coming out August 16th, 2024. Then we have Hitman unreleased or no release date directed by Richard Linklater starring Glenn Powell. Maxine starring uh, Mia Goth directed by Ty West. And then Megalopolis directed by Francis Ford Coppola seemingly starring Adam Driver. Um, So that is our 10 ladies and gentlemen. Um, So Drew, what's your most anticipated of the year based on what we have in there. I think it's still Dune, which is, I just realized is coming out in six weeks, which is hell yeah, baby. I'm, Let's I'm go. excited all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably Dune. Um, Cause I want to see where, where he takes the rest of, of that story. But mm-hmm. I think Hitman is, is kind of Ooh. maybe one B honestly. I'm, I'm so psyched for Hitman. I like that one B aspect of Hitman and I'm excited for Dune part two, but it would be in that eight or nine range for me. Cause I, I'm a, I wouldn't say lukewarm on the first, but I, didn't love it like a lot of other people. My most favorite of the year is The Bike Riders. Uh, this mm, movie's yeah. going to be sick. Jeff Nichols is one of my guys. The cast is has like all the different type of young guys. Uh, Hollywood uh, steady presences. Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Mike Feist, Norman Reedus, Michael Shannon, and Jodie Comer. Uh, so that one's going to be, yeah, hopefully fantastic. And at the very least, just super energetic and uh, a movie that, uh, is going to, I think, have a tie based on early reactions. Some people yeah. really, really like this movie, and it, it's exciting to see Jeff Nichols seemingly take maybe a, a stab at a 
Martin Scorsese-esque movie. So guys, that is our top 10 of the year. Thank you so much for listening. As we get a little bit closer uh, to this episode coming out and once it's released, we'll, we'll release our top 10 on Instagram, see what you guys have as some of your favorites of the year. And then we're going to use this list that I've compiled to hopefully try to knock out all of these that are actually released this year. And you can anticipate us giving quick reviews and maybe some fully solo episodes about some of the more anticipated ones this year. But again, this is the Do You Like Apples podcast. I am Billy Rock, joined by Drew Wentz. Thanks to Ryan Jenkins for our intro music. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and or review. Helps us out getting in that algorithm. We have a newsletter that comes out on Friday mornings. Subscribe to that on Substack. You can follow us on X and Instagram at you like underscore apples. Drew, thanks so much for joining us. And this is going to be a fun movie year. You as the at-home correspondent and me as the <laughs> in the field correspondent. I'm, I'm streaming, streaming Drew over here. <laughs> streaming uh, stream Drew. All day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. I'll talk to you later. Warner Brothers, release Mickey 17. Yes, please. It's not that hard, guys. It's Bong Juno. Do you like apples? Do you like apples?